nord-nothing ontological oxymorons. I'm your host, Joel Bouchard, a doctoral student in psychology, and with me today is Mr. Norman Gayford, a professor of English and philosophy. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Like much in the original Star Wars trilogy, this line of dialogue mystifies and intrigues viewers on the first watch. Is it an overmatched old man's bluff in an attempt to save his life? Or does he know something everyone else doesn't? In many ways, this tension is emblematic of much of Obi-Wan Kenobi's story, a story we're looking at today. All right, so, um, you know, at our current point in time, which is irrelevant to um, podcast listeners down the road, (laughs) there's a new... um, TV series coming out about Obi-Wan Kenobi. So um, the first episode, first two episodes came out yesterday. So, you know, it's too early to tell what's going to happen in it or what's what it's going to be like or how well done it was. Um, But we figured that, um, you know, and and I don't think we'll say anything that will be necessarily, you know, spoilers on a big level for that. But we'll talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi sort of in his entirety as a as a character. Um, We've... I'm trying to think. Have we talked about any other uh, fictional characters besides Godzilla? Uh, well, no. We talked about Obi Wan and Luke before. Well, we've referred. To, I've referred endlessly to Marvel comics and, and Star Trek and such. But I don't think we've done a whole episode. We on. haven't. We haven't. So this will be a little bit of a new ground. But I think that it's something that is um, is intriguing and. and We'll probably do a lot more of in the future. I know that Godzilla. I really liked Godzilla, and I think that it was very interesting. <laughs> These characters are um, very philosophical, and um, they grow over time. They've grown over the past, you know, forty-five years. So yes. it'll be interesting. But we'll start with um, who is Obi Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars universe? In the Star Wars universe, uh, he is a Jedi knight who becomes a master Jedi over time. And because of this sequence of movies, if you put them in sequence or not, we, those of us who've watched them know the story from when he was young, uh, all, all the way up until now when he's um, getting, I don't know how they're going to handle it because it's never going to quite look like Alec Guinness mm. in age. I think Alec Guinness was the old sorcerer, uh, but in the timeline that we're seeing, uh, he's got some gray now. He's he's getting raggedy a little bit, and and it it could conceivably happen, but it doesn't matter. See that the, those details to me don't that that's not an issue. That's the surface details. If that were the case, uh, nobody else could play Obi Wan Kenobi except Ali Guinness, unless mm. you do a computer generated image. I'm not into all of that. I, I think that just like in cartoons or comics. Many people draw a character so, in so many different ways, and that's a collaborative effort. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi as a character has been a collaborative effort. Uh, uh, George Lucas put him out there, but there was a whole lot of thought and discussion about it before that happened. There are other people's input sooner or later, and you know, the actor's input. Um, so, so, yeah, he's, he's a Jedi and part of the Jedi experience, it seems, is that one should not become attached. Hmm. So it's kind of harkens to a, a variety of perhaps Buddhism, Zen. But he's a master swordsman, light lightsaber 
fighter a gymnast apparently from some of the force abilities he's able to do in his younger years we're not seeing that right now in this. yeah that's what when when i just mentioned like these characters growing yeah. that's it's probably not more true of anyone than obi-wan kenobi in the star wars universe yeah. um yeah. you know He's the only, you know, one of the only characters besides R2D2 and C3PO and Anakin to appear in the first chronological, or, you know, the first six movies in the series, you know, one through six. Um, And outside of that, there's a bunch of um, what they call expanded universe material where um, essentially, and, you know, some of it is um, things that have been, you know, undone by disney um but then some of it has been refilled in by disney so even if you look at it canonically you still pretty much have a complete view of his life and um it's interesting right because i think it's it's like you said um our first experience with obi-wan is is as you know the old man the wise old man to luke skywalker um but if you sort of look at his life chronologically in in the fictional universe um he starts out um as a you know he's he's trying to get selected to be a jedi padawan um none of the masters want to take him because they see him as being um too too erratic and too violent which doesn't really fit in with no. Some of how we think about Obi. And I wasn't aware of that, yeah. that part in the in the extra. I haven't watched the cartoons. I know I, I need to. Yeah. I've read a couple of the novels, but I've never encountered that. Right. So he's too erratic and and aggressive. So none of the Jedi Masters will take him. Finally, Qui Gon Jinn, who's sort of erratic in his own regard, <laughs> decides that he'll take him. They have a very um, tumultuous relationship, and in some cases. They split apart from each other for a brief time. Obi-Wan leaves the Order. He comes back to the Order. Um, hmm. They face all kinds of threats and um, and adventures. And they, they do a lot of important things. Um, and in many ways, because they aren't doing what they're supposed to. <laughs> because the duo um, sort of does what they think they need to do, they end up in a lot of situations where they're doing things that the Jedi Order can't carry out on its own. Um, then we get to the prequel trilogy, which is the tail end of that period of time. And we see Obi-Wan, um, becoming a little bit more reserved, I guess he's still sort of sarcastic and dry and, you know, but he, if you look at him and Qui-Gon in the prequel trilogy, it seems like Obi-Wan is the more reserved one. Qui-Gon is taking a lot more risks. He's acting a lot more like the Maverick. Um, and there's a lot of growth during that time period, right? Obi-Wan goes from being um, an apprentice to um, defeating Darth Maul, which uh, in the Star Wars universe was the first Jedi to defeat a Sith Lord in over a thousand years. So he becomes a rock star within his own universe, right? <laughs> and he's made a general, you know, of, of clone troopers. And and he takes on this apprentice that's supposed to bring balance to the force and he's but the jedi order says he's not supposed to train him so we're back to this maverick right. um sort of thing um that's an interesting uh, additional view is that i I've, I've not yeah to the, to the youngest but the qui-gon kind of story so, so then he um we obviously anakin turns to the dark side and you know 
destroys the Jedi Order and Obi-Wan goes into hiding. And that brings us up to uh, the current series where, um, you know, it's 10 years after the the last prequel movie. And um, again, I don't think it's spoiling anything too much to say that we're seeing that Obi-Wan has changed over this period of time. Yes, he has. And this is this is the fascinating part for me. And I, I'm, gonna, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to interrupt. I just. This is what I really enjoyed about that first mm-hmm. episode. I haven't watched the second one yet. Is that you? If you want all the slam bang, crash, uh, 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 eye candy fights, this is not what this is about. Right. Yeah. There's there's definitely an attitude, you know. And you can only imagine if you went from being a general and being a Jedi who has accomplished these great things to watching the entire thing come crashing down and and you're in hiding that would probably break your spirit you know and that's sort of what we're seeing with him here um and then uh, you know we don't know yet what adventures he's gonna see over the next 10 years or so but he emerges um to um you know help leia and he decides he's going to train luke with in the original star wars series and we see him uh, Getting a little, again, coming back to that sort of maverick trickster sort of ways in some regards, you know, mm. <laughs> I, you know, I remember we did an episode on Obi-Wan's hut where he yes, says, yes. you must learn the ways of the right. force if you're going to travel with me to the altar. And Luke says, travel with you to Alderaan, this is crazy, right? You're like, we can't do that. Um, but he, he attempts to train Luke and, um, he, we get to the, the scene, um, where, that I mentioned in the intro where Darth Vader, um, strikes him down mm-hmm. and he becomes a forced ghost that guides Luke through the remainder of, of the story and it is eventually to success. So that's sort of Obi-Wan's in-universe um, story. and yes, His arc. Yeah, and so like, like we're talking about, um, I'm sure that for many people that's sort of, it seems dissatisfying or inconsistent, right? Okay, so he goes from being a rebellious child to a more reserved kind of teenager back to, uh, you know, a big, a big confident general to a, a broken middle-aged hermit back into this sort of wise old trickster that guides this. And it seems like, well, that this, none of this is consistent, oh, but really oh. humans are complex people. That's exactly <laughs> it. I know where you're going with this. And you, and that is exactly what makes this kind of thing compelling. Because if a person wants to claim that he or she, they have been the same person all the way through their lives, never done anything different, they're either self-deluded or they've had a very, very, very limited life in which oh, that self-delusion has been encouraged. You, you, you can't. You can't encounter pain, uh, disaster, defeat, and, and not be altered Mm-hmm. by it and in endless ways and, and there's no there's no playbook for that but of course he's you know I, and I don't think you have to be an older person to to appreciate this but as uh, somebody who is in his 60s and I'm looking at Obi-Wan and thinking back through those movies which the TV series at the, at the very beginning gives us choice clips from uh Oh, this is a oh, this is a man who's thinking very carefully uh, about how to slice a piece of meat and a jo- living doing a factory job that's untenable, um, and also uh, nursing his wounds and also trying to keep 
on on mission tasks, which is hard when you are by yourself and have no help with it, and is also shifting his priorities in ways that seemingly sells out or abandons principles that he held uh, sacrosanct in his mm-hmm. earlier life. And that's what's compelling. Yeah. And again, we're we're into that the ship of Theseus thought experiment, right? And we I are. think I think about my own life and it kind of follow, you know, it up to this point, it's followed a similar arc. Like I when I was a child, I had a violent temper, very ag- aggressive and competitive and, and angry, really. And, you know, I'm not going to delve into the the specific details of my life, but there was an experience when I was eight, eight years old um, where my dad sat me down. And he said, what you almost did was an extremely bad thing that could have all of these repercussions on your life. And he sat down and it just explained to me very calmly and with a lot of love, you know, where this sort of behavior was taking me. And in an instant, there was, you know, it seems like they would, it's the kind of thing that would take a long time to, to develop. I stopped being angry at that point because he did this, he did this such a good job of illustrating where this sort of pattern of behavior was going to take me. And even at that age, I knew that this isn't the kind of person I wanted to be. Um, and so then I was a very quiet, calm child from the age of eight until about the age of let's say 17 or 18 or so and then um became a very confident teenager and then had a a bunch of setbacks in very fast succession um that immediately crushed that spirit and sent me into um sort of being a you know a, a recluse for several years um and eventually working my way out of that and having several successes that were earned through, um, you know, a lot of self-development and a lot of learning different things. And this is a very short life, right? And with a lot of contrast and a lot of different, you know, behaviors or, or personalities that would seem antithetical to each other, Certainly. right? Yeah. And so it's, you ask that question, well, was have I been the same person my whole life or do these are these different people that we're we're looking at so if we can ask that about real people i you know it's not far-fetched to to look at a character you know and and even if it's somebody who's been developed by several different people and say well this seems inconsistent well you know you look at the circumstances somebody faces in their life and the point in life that they're in and and all of the different factors that and things that that happen throughout life and you say Man, almost almost any swing in personality is possible given the right combination That's of That's right. Of given events. the right circumstances, events, experiences, as you say, that can emerge in a moment and can turn you. Things can have, happen in moments that turn us. And I, uh, there's much, there's much to me in our current societal moment that. I think probably unintentionally in some ways emerged in watching this last night, this, this first episode, things that, that go right to the core of, of pain and horror. And, and I don't know that Lucas ever intended that either, but that's what makes it human. 
you know, it, it didn't, it, it, it could not escape me, um, you know, with the, with, with the most recent mass shooting in Texas, but, or Sandy Hook or whatever. About one of the reasons that that scene so bothered me, and my son would tell you that I, I, I was upset that we were even watching, uh, that I, I had apologized at one point for taking him to see when the original movie, when Darth Vader went in and essentially destroyed the younglings, the, the Jedis in training. And I realized why it was. Um, it was because of Columbine and all those things that were in my head. It wasn't how I thought the story should be. But last night I'm watching this thing and, and this extended scene where stormtroopers and Vader are, uh, mowing down Jedi teachers and and going after the younglings who are desperately trying to get away. And I I I broke into tears. Because uh, and I'm not I'm, I'm, you know embrace that. I'm not embarrassed by that because but I'm just saying that this is the kind of thing the storytelling oh I'm watching a Star Wars story. So yeah entertainment. But if you're listening and you are watching the scenes, there are things that will will connect with you. Hmm. And, and and here's a man who was a teacher, a general, and, uh, all of the things, but he was a teacher, and he could not protect his students, and and he could not he could not save his own student, and he ended up doing. Oh, it's just it's it's betrayals and pain and hurt and and uh, that I think is important to the character. Yeah. Yeah. So, who is Obi Wan Kenobi as a literary or cinematic character? Then, you know, I think that we've we've talked about his in universe sort of story, and, right. and we, this is sort of bled over a little bit. But like, you know, if we're looking at him from a meta point of view, yeah. what kind of character is he? Well, from a meta point of view, from a literary, a folkloric point of view, he's he is the the guide um, eventually. He is the guy, but he has to go through his own hero quest first, and I and I think that the, he's gone through a number. I think he's uh, Joseph Campbell's hero quest has been on the cycle a number of times. Yeah, um, much like, much like in some ways Merlin, although I, I could would argue that Merlin has fewer cycles. Uh, much like Gandalf, who lives for like 5,000 years and has had stories that uh, alluded to, Tolkien alludes, wrote some of them, others not, that 5,000 years is a lot of experience. And there were times of, of withdrawal and there were times of, of, of reclusiveness and times of really diving in and trying to change the, the path of Middle Earth in, in that sequence. So I think he's he's a he's someone on the hero quest who gets taken right back to the belly of the beast and has to start all over again, uh, crashing and refinding himself. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing, and we should we should do an episode on the monomyth at some point. I think I that would be awesome. But um, yeah, it's uh, I think what's interesting about Obi Wan is um, like you said, when he he first appears to us, he's very archetypically the wise old man. Yeah. Um, but as we just talked about going through his character history now, um, at one point he was 
um, an apprentice, you know, a learner. And then at one point he was the leader and, you know, like the, you know, sort of the steadfast kind of, um, you know, the strong presence in a, in an organization. At another point he was, you know, a recluse, you know, he wouldn't even necessarily be a wise old man, not in the story that's being told right now, because he's almost refusing to have, um, any part in what's going on. And a lot of his, his skills um, have devolved or um, have been. Or he, or he perceives them as having. But if you haven't practiced for 10 years, that would happen, wouldn't it? Right. And that's, you know, that's not something that is really, that I know of, isn't really explored in Jungian archetypes or, or monomyths is, um, you know, you, you do see it a lot in cinema, right? Is this character that, um, was a hero or was, you know, had some sort of ability and then has sort of been disillusioned or defeated and fades into the background and, you know, has to build back up to what they were to complete another quest. I think you do, although, uh, I'm flashing quickly through my, my mind, I think that, that philosophically, uh, you know, when, when Shakespeare gives us this marvelous uh, speech, uh, speech about um, the seven ages of man, right? And that always is fascinating. But you're really getting the seven ages of Obi Wan as a man, or or Merlin was that way. There was a series called Young Merlin. There was a lovely, wonderful, uh, illustrated books about Merlin's adventures as a as a kid. And then we have the the, the uh, in the arc Merlin aging backward <laughs> that becomes part of the tales and and here we're given the old guy then the young guy and now we're back to the middle-aged guy again working toward the old guy but i can't think of a. I mean in the comic books batman gets his back broken and the in the, the third of uh, the dark knight rises right he, uh, he's 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 put out a commission for a few months but then he manages to make it back in part with a bat suit, and then he gives it all up. Uh, Obi Wan has been—it's been ten years, and I think that if this series continues as it looks as it might, it's not necessarily going to be all the the, the heroic uh, shenanigans that we saw in the in the middle movies. Uh, there are a lot of people I remember talking uh, uh, that choo 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 uh, fan spatter <laughs> about how could that Obi Wan we saw possibly be in the earlier movies now the, the the guy who can just so quietly wield the lightsaber with Darth Vader and doesn't do anything particularly fancy. Well, you wouldn't, right? Because even though we we want we I love superhero characters. This is not a superhero. This is somebody who is even Batman ages. Not particularly well sometimes, depending on the comic sequence. You wouldn't expect Obi-Wan to be able to do this. And this is where I think it's different than, and I think from a humanistic and philosophical position, I don't think I'm overstating this. This is where it's different than uh, the actor who played Qui-Gon, whose work I, I, I enjoy, uh, but he's still doing movies. He's about 70 and he's still punching people out and everything. And no, I mean, Indiana Jones is going to be another movie out and he's, he's, in his, he's 80. 
I like Harrison Ford his work very much, but really, uh, how are we going to how are we going to do this? And and some of the uh, oh the action other action adventure stars I, I can't think of all the names I've watched this stuff for years. Where it doesn't matter how old they get, they come out of retirement and they're ready to go again. Mm. Obi Wan is not. Yeah, and they they even talk about that in universe um, where you know Obi Wan learned from Qui Gon Jinn, um, and part of that was the lightsaber technique Ataru, which is the there's seven lightsaber techniques. That's the most aggressive one, and so um, we and you see that on display when they fight Darth Maul. Yeah, and Ataru is a, is what is Qui Gon Jinn's undoing. That's what gets him killed, and Obi Wan executed it just a little bit better and defeated Darth Maul. But in the the story, um, after he defeats Darth Maul and sees his master die, that sends a message to him that says, maybe this isn't the best way. So he switches, he completely switches poles and he goes to the most defensive lightsaber style. And you see that on display when he's in his later duels against General Grievous or Darth Vader or Anakin on um, Mustafar, um, which is essentially... Um, no aggressive moves at all. You just become a dis- a defensive stronghold, and you just weather blows, and you until you can maneuver the battle into a spot that's favorable for you, and you can say, "I have the high ground," and your opponent can no longer get past your defenses, and you wait for them to make a mistake. So, even within the universe, there's these details that explain that sort of shift. Mm-hmm. And that last battle with Darth Vader is very similar, right? We see Alec Guinness, who, <laughs> again. He's only supposed to be 57 or 58 or something. Um, there's obviously some continuity um, problems with that. But he's obviously an older um, man in the the first film. And you can see in his lightsaber battle, he's not making any aggressive moves against Vader. And you can probably argue that from the very beginning of the battle, he had no intention of winning anyways. Right, he was just buying time. So... Yeah, and again, this it's a very interesting thing to examine from a philosophical standpoint. I think that's part of the reason that these characters, like I said with the first line of dialogue in the intro, have had such a powerful impact with people is because it goes against, you know, as as much as the monomyth is being told, there's also things about it that were fresh in Star Wars with it being told from a sci-fi sort of story that hadn't really been explored before. Nobody, there was no such thing as a forced ghost, right? Before (laughs) Obi-Wan got killed. So when he says, you're going to strike me down, I'm going to be more powerful than you can imagine. Nobody knows what what he's talking about. Well, I I remember sitting in the movie theater hearing that. (laughs) And I watched the film more than once. And I'm thinking, what does he mean? This is, that's why your intro worked for me so well. It was what, 1977? <laughs> and, and, and I'd uh, just gone off to college and, you know, here, here was this, I'm thinking he's sacrificing himself. That was pretty clear. And I thought, okay, he's doing that to try to throw Darth Vader off. And maybe there is some mystical element that referred to him as an old sorcerer and so on. So maybe some of that was there. But we had no idea what was coming with Mm. that. Yeah. So does Obi-Wan's story defy archetype? Or do you think that it demonstrates a weakness in, in, 
thinking of archetypes or is there something else going on there i don't think it defies archetypes because archetypes the more you read if you read jung or many 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 things since the the idea of an archetype is not that it's a an emoji <laughs> an archetype is is a symbol and symbols run deep if you are willing to investigate them you can, you might do a soundbite on what a symbol stands for, so to speak, but if you're going to do it any justice, then you really need to read, think, reconsider, and, and that rewards one's experience of it. I don't think he's against archetype. I think we're, he, we're, we're now in our media, uh, and our storytelling and our narratives. And I, I think in a much more Odyssean, Homeric form or tending toward that just in terms of the scope and length. Uh, you know, Homer tells us about the history of the Trojan War, 10 years. And then we have the, the 10 year quest to return back home for Odysseus. That's 20 years of story. Now, th there wasn't a lot of that going on in earlier filmmaking, I think, arguably, mm -hmm. it more adhered, uh, if not adhered to Aristotle's uh, unities, which means a certain amount of it, what happens on the stage should be exactly the amount of time that's happening for the audience, that kind of thing. Well, th thankfully, theater broke out of that and, and cinema. But I think the long game is what people are more interested in now for some reason. Yeah, yeah, you 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 are seeing a lot more of that and I think that that is very interesting because it breeds more complex characters and it requires more um uh, it requires more thought if you're going yeah. to get into it. So you can you can question. I sat there thinking, "Wow, we are really into deontological and consequential duty." philosophy in this first episode yeah what is obi-wan willing to let happen in order for his mission to be fulfilled and there are times in 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 the in the storyline even of the first episode that that begins to look more like an excuse mm than than a true adherence to duty because this is a man who is conflicted very much as you said about what has happened in the past about the 10 years of solitude and ignominy that have followed and well hey i can't go out and help anybody else i can't help you you're just going to draw attention to the wrong place he tells another Jedi practitioner, uh, essentially abandons and ostensibly feels guilt for the abandonment, but doesn't act on it. It's called, it's called to duty and, and refuses. Hides in, a, hides in the shadows when uh, somebody of import in the story could very easily have been killed in front of him. Doesn't help at all when a civilian is, is wounded by a villain. 
And, and so this, this, this paralysis, this deep hesitation, I think is what's fascinating. Yeah. And again, it, it seems completely logical given the story arc that he had with his own Padawan, Anakin Skywalker, right? Hmm. Um, you know, he had, he was sort of thrust into this role of being mastered to this, um, Padawan who, wreaked this great devastation and destruction despite his best efforts to train him to the right. the opposite right and so if you see you know your efforts you know not just fall by the wayside but actually result in the destruction of of the organization and the ideals that you you know were espousing right. um now that might be enough like you said there's this interesting thing going on in this first couple episodes where as you watch obi-wan's behavior you ask well is he just attempting to be dutiful to the one task that he has left as a jedi or is he afraid is he and i think it's both right i think that's why it's 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 worthy now there will be people listening to us saying oh for heaven's sake this is a piece of pop cultural fluff. Okay. Even Alec Guinness was, <laughs> yeah. as I recall, was not terribly pleased to be associated with the character after a, a bit. But here we have actors who take on the, take on the, well, I'm sure they're well paid, but I don't think that's the, the point is that they're taking on the characters and script writers and cinematographers and trying to give us more. And I, I tell you, if it had just been a first episode, I didn't know what to expect. If it had been a first episode where where we're right back into out comes the lightsabers and everything, I, I think I would have turned it off. Mm-hmm. Because nothing would have happened in all, all, all that time. What? We're just back to being the whole No. The fact that they slowed it down, slowed the pace down to, to minutes, a couple of minutes of watching a camel-like creature with a grand shadow of Obi-Wan on a crossing the desert. Not in a conquering, imperial, colonialist way. Nope, this is a, a, a solitude, a figure of solitude. And okay, we've we've slowed this down. They've they've put in some they've put in some complex com- complications, they've put in some dangers and so on. Uh, but I f- I'm with them on this now because they bothered to think about that clash of oppositions. Am I doing my mission? Do I have a duty to do it or am I just echoing my duty? Am I committed anymore to anything other than my own self-preservation? Must I be preserved in order to follow this mission or is it fine enough just to let this kid be raised? So that there is a line, and I don't, uh, uh, spoiler, spoiler, there's a line, remember, in the first episode, because I've only seen the one you've seen too, uh, where when he's talking to uh, Owen, the the uh, uncle to Luke, and he tried to leave a toy at night for Luke and some supplies, and Owen brings it back and says, stay away from him. Well, that's all consistent, right? But when he says, Essentially, uh, you might not remember the line better, but something about, but I have to train him. Mm-hmm. That sounded desperate. Mm-hmm. That didn't sound committed. Yeah. That sounded like, 
if you don't let me do this, then what am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. This, he said, you remember that we agreed when the time comes, I must train the boy. But as he says it, right? And you think about Star Wars Ken, Luke is probably already too old to be starting to train at that. So why hasn't Obi-Wan already started, right? Mm-hmm. And why there is, there's, there's a very obvious, um, confliction. And, um, you know, he is, you can tell he's, he's hanging on to this thread of a former life and, you know, and, and it trying to, convince himself that it's important and it's what he should be doing but at the same time he's scared he's scared about for all the reasons he should be based off of what he's experienced this Mm -hmm. far Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it is a fascinating story and i think for just a minute we'll jump outside of the in-universe stuff um because i think that this is a good point to talk about it you mentioned um alec guinness the the original actor for obi-wan kenobi um he didn't like the role, you know, he's, he thought the dialogue was bad. Um, he didn't like being remembered for it. You know, he didn't like signing autographs, doing any of that. Um, and Ewan McGregor, um, the, the younger Obi-Wan now really did like it. And he's done some interviews and it's been fascinating. And I've actually seen articles written, um, online that have sort of backed this up. You know, he said that, when they did the prequel trilogies, they thought that they were doing something very important, right? And that those movies were critically panned. And he said that was really hard on him, you know, to to think that you did something very, very good and to have it just sort of destroy the modern media. He said, but what he discovered is that the people that the movie was meant for, the 10 and 12 and 14-year-olds, in 1999 they had no voice back then and he said now you know 20 years later these people are coming up to him and saying you know attack the clones is my favorite movie ever you know and he said okay so what happened is you know you we got critically panned in the media you know people saying who wants to watch a movie about trade agreements or whatever (laughs) but the people (laughs) but the people that the movie was was meant for they really liked it. And yeah. I was, I was one of them when, when, it, you know, the Phantom Menace came out, I was 10 years old mm-hmm. and I loved that movie and I loved attack of the clones. And I love, cause you want to know what and I was, son did too. I was too young to know how bad the acting was or, you know, yeah. how, you know, even for the time, the special effects were good. They were just overdone, right? You know, it was unnecessary to an extent as a child, you're able to look past all that. You're able to suspend your disbelief and you're, you're seeing these characters and how they're acting and stuff. And I love those movies. Right. And, and to him hearing these people as adults, um, tell him that that's what made he's, he's the producer on Obi-Wan, the, the TV series. And you can tell he has this investment in the character. Um, and he wants to see it do well. And, um, and you've, I've started to see articles pop up in the news about the Star Wars prequel renaissance has begun. And, you know, people reevaluating these things that um, were just sort of brushed aside, right? Oh, it's a cash grab or it's it's just badly done or whatever the yeah, case may yeah. be. And it recreates, you know, there's there's this dichotomy, right, where a lot of those criticisms aren't necessarily false, right? But as is a lot of things in life, um, some of what there is in something is what you're willing to take out of it. 
Right. That, that that is true, and and it points to me as again I've said this to to my uh, adult son many times that I I over I overstepped, you know, when I was uh, I was becoming moralistic in ways that I look back now and say, like, oh, what were you doing? I wasn't I wasn't using my I was I was falling into the rote dad rather than the thinking dad. Not not a lot, but enough that that you know. How dare I try to co-opt? He and I had enjoyed movies for since he could start watching movies, and we shared all these things: Godzilla and all all the Clash of the Titans, blah blah, blah the old one. <laughs> and and here I was saying, no, this is wrong, and and nobody said that to me when I was you know a teenager watching. Star Wars, I would have decked him. Well, not really, but I would have said, go away, old man. Right? Don't tell me what I'm, I'm enjoying this. If it's trash, it's trash. I'm still enjoying it. Leave me alone. But I was becoming that voice. And I think some of us of a certain age, we think this character is supposed to be this way. This is where we, we are wrong and right all at once, but more wrong than right. For us, this character was a certain thing. But we didn't know that the character was going to go on into this, as I say, Homeric long arc. Hmm. Uh, and and so for it to do that means that, of course, you have to look at it and say, no, your Obi-Wan is not going to be my Obi-Wan until it's my Obi-Wan again. And now that Obi-Wan is older, he's sort of my Obi-Wan, and maybe he's a younger guy. I don't know how young people are going to be taking this Obi-Wan. Mm. It'd be interesting to find out. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes you wonder, you know, what Alec Guinness would think, right? Because at that point, the only interaction he had with Obi-Wan was the one movie that that he had done, right? He might still think all of the acting and all the dialogue was was garbage or whatever, but maybe the story as a whole, you know— to see the fact that the character got fleshed out and and had a background and had different experiences and and wasn't just a stock character because right. Obi Wan Kenobi in that first movie, you know, in, at least in in the early stages, was a stock character. Yes. Um, essentially, his meeting with Luke was lifted directly from Lord of the Rings with Gandalf, you know, and um, but he developed over time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting looking at at the background and and. You know, and, and the things that happen. I think that that prequel trilogy was important um, because Anakin Skywalker is the main character, and he's a villain, right? right? And so that leads to some storytelling that, up until that point in time, you know, I I'm struggling to think of an, another film that did that, right? You watch Revenge of the Sith, and it's overwhelmingly just oppressively sad and dark. Yeah. And your your main character is is turning into the the worst villain in in a universe, right? Yeah. In a yeah. galaxy, yeah. And um, that's you know it, it's difficult to watch, and, and many people question why it was even made, right? This is why would we want to watch something like this? Um, but it's powerful. It's kind of powerful. It, it was, and it's certainly it was ahead of its time. And I can say that now because look at the uh, I won't say endless. The, the productions that are out there now on any number of streaming channels, there's, there's a, a, a show called The Boys, which is a, a superhero show that I've, I've watched. But it is painful mm. because all the superhero tropes are actually taken apart. But, of course, they, they need to be taken apart from time to time. So you say, well, what's, what do we really mean in 2022 
when we say vigilante, because the vigilante in comic books in the 1960s, uh, the word really wasn't even used. And then you start thinking, well, what is a vigilante? Somebody takes along their own hands. Yes. Oh, oh, that means somebody's not answering to the law. Well, maybe if they're, if they're good enough to answer to the law, if the law is, uh, should be answerable too. If, if, mm-hmm. if, and that's a complexity that as a kid, <laughs> most of us didn't, didn't get Batman or anything else for heaven's sake. And now it's there. And, and I, and I think that we are becoming much more sophisticated, uh, potentially. And in and realizably in things like the, this the show of going there, yeah, I think along with the Homeric sort of um, extension of these characters' stories, I think that is another big um, aspect of it. And whether it's art imitating life and what we're seeing happening in the outside world, or whether it's something else, um, could be up for or debate. Just happens but, to speak to us because it does. Yeah, but yeah, you know, you think of vigilante and you think of um, Clint Eastwood, right? Yeah. Where. Um, you know, he's taking the law into his own hands, but he's right. You know, like you know that. Well, at least uh, you sometimes, know. I suppose. Right. But but but, but yeah. it's got yeah. But it's gotten much more complex now, and yeah, and, yeah. and you see that with a character like Obi Wan Kenobi, right? Because um, in those prequel trilogies, his allegiance is to the Jedi Order, right? To the Jedi Order, and then all of these bad things happen, and you see him wonder, well, should he have been? you know, dedicated to the Jedi Order the way he was? Would Qui-Gon have continued to be? Exactly. You know, well, it raises all these questions about, well, well, who is right? You know, because, I mean, essentially, you know, the, the Jedi and, and the clone troopers and these good guys turned into the Empire, right? And, right. and it you, slides, it slides off. It's so, it, it, it's, you, you, you can watch these things without ever trying to think about this stuff, but I, I don't think you have, nearly the rich experience that you have if, if you do this. And if we go back to Homer, let's see. Here are people who blind, who run off because the king's wife is kidnapped, ostensibly, uh, by by Troy, by the prince of Troy, who then is going to die. Uh, but she stays. She doesn't get away, but she stays. But maybe she's in love. Maybe she's adjusted to her life there. And here are all these guys dying and dying and dying and dying. What? To bring her back? And some of them start questioning that. And some of them decide that they want to leave. And, and then, and then these guys berate each other. And, and one, and Achilles is a hero who, who has a hissy fit because people don't treat him as the hero that he, that he is. And then we have Odysseus, who's a master liar. Who defeats monsters that way sometimes, but who in, who insults the gods on his way home and thus is, takes 10 years to get back, trying to get back to his wife and his son. And in the meantime, losing every single crew member because of sometimes bad decisions that you can see coming, sometimes decisions that uh, just situations that he couldn't handle. And so you have a very complicated hero figure that doesn't fit the a nice simple trope. And and I think that's why I say this Homer I'm not saying that Star Wars is the equivalent of Homer. I don't I'm not interested in in false comparisons like that. But but the intent of the long story hmm. uh, is revealing. So do you think that young Obi-Wan Kenobi is Anakin Skywalker's foil? Cuz you think about it like okay so <clears throat> In the prequel trilogies, right, there's 
it's it's almost sort of difficult to come up with who the protagonist in the story is, right? Anakin Skywalker is kind of the main character, but as we just talked about, he's he's a a villain, or at least he becomes a villain. Um, but we see Obi Wan sort of on a similar arc, but ends up going in a different direction, right? They they starts out a Padawan, um, you know, he becomes a Jedi. Um, he has a lot of successes that draw him towards the light side and on Anakin Skywalker's side he also you know he starts out the Padawan he has a lot of not even necessarily failures but he has a lot of interactions with the political or social structures or Mm -hmm. just the the simple um, fact that he fell in love when he shouldn't you know all of these different sort of things that don't come across as evil or necessarily wrong but lead him on a different path and they sort of develop um sort of obsolete do you think that that describing them as being a foil is is an accurate i think i think it is up to a point and <clears throat> because it, yes the two sides of the same coin so to speak uh, is v- very much there but i think it's gotten muddied now you know, i i who takes action? Who doesn't? Should the action be taken? Shouldn't it? What is your duty? What is your, not your duty? That's embroiled Obi-Wan now just as much as it was embroiling Anakin, who was sliding off into the very grim future. It, 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 it doesn't elude me now having seen this episode again. You, know, you, you start, things click for you sometimes. Just in the smallest things. Never occurred to me probably did to a lot of people, not to me, that <clears throat> how Obi-Wan defeated Darth Maul uh, was mirror-reversed in his uh, defeat of Anakin in the physical nature of it. Obi-Wan did a, uh, I'm not sure what the correct term is, but he flips and spins, lands, and wipes out Darth Maul. Anakin flips and spins, and Obi-Wan takes him down. I'm not going to read too much into that, but I think that that was a very interesting choreographic choice for a fight scene that maybe meant more than we first thought. Yeah, yeah, like we talked about, that that was a sort of a defining moment in Obi-Wan Kenobi's life. You know, he defeated a Sith Lord for the first time in a thousand years. He, he rose to prominence. Um, but at the same time, within himself, he identified that this aggressive lightsaber style had weaknesses. And he went to, com- he went completely the opposite direction with his lightsaber fighting. And like you're saying, he's, when he knows what Anakin's going to do, because he's seen this before in himself, right? Hmm. And that does sort of play out in their story arcs because in the prequel trilogy, Obi-Wan is, is dedicated to this organization, the Jedi Order and, and the Republic. Whereas Anakin has conflicting loyalties. You know, he's in love with Padme and, and he's had bad experiences with the Order and all of this stuff. And then when we get into the, the, you know, the, the trilogy, <laughs> not sequel or prequel, um, <laughs> Obi-Wan, there is no Jedi Order, there is no Republic. Um, he so his dedication is to what? To Luke, to, to Leia. Whereas Anakin has become Vader, and his dedication is to the Empire, to the organization, to this. Obi-Wan has seen this before in himself again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
yes, that is kind of the arc. And that is sort of the the foil or the tension between the two of them is they are sort of this yin and yang, sort of two sides of the same coin. And that's that's why it's almost it's really fascinating, right? Because Obi-Wan is not the hero he's not the protagonist right and uh, some people and i was one of them thought that the sequel trilogy um that ray was going to be a kenobi right because <laughs> that to me seemed to have been where that arc was leading right that that this is obi-wan kenobi is where that final good was going to triumph over the evil of, of anakin skywalker and it went a different direction but um i think you I think people came to that conclusion because you can sort of see that happening in throughout the, yeah. the movies a little bit. Yeah, it, it makes you made you question and wonder. I mean, it's, it's these these characters, Luke Skywalker in the movie at the end of the, those movies in his in his force ghosting, <laughs> in essence, uh, he a lot of people did not like the Luke Skywalker that was presented to us the older sixties plus Luke Skywalker. I did. Um, I, I had a, quite a discussion with uh, uh, somebody uh, uh, in my life who who found it unacceptable that Luke became the way that he was, and I said it's perfectly natural. He f- he had what he perceived as a teaching failure. He had a failure not only of teaching, but but, but with somebody in his family that he thought he could do something for, and it didn't work out. So, of course, he's questioning himself. It's the people who don't question themselves who are the real dangers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so to me, Luke Skywalker trying to stay, you know, what does he say to Yoda in that, that last movie that he's, uh, I, the title is eluding me, Joel. I, uh, but he's the jet, the tree with the Jedi texts is, is burning and, and Yoda's sort of laughing, not maniacally. And Luke's like, but the Jedi texts. Next mean nothing. Suddenly, all of that lore is all about being inside you. This is huge sea change in a couple of lines. Well, I think Obi Wan is going through this in this show. What what means something? Hmm. Is it the Jedi text, so to speak, the narrative line of who and what we are? Um, clearly, not clearly. I was about to say clearly not. But maybe if you're a Jedi, you're not attached to anything, even other Jedi. Uh, you don't, you don't owe anything to anybody. Um, you shouldn't be concerned with individuals. That, that can lead it to a very, very d- dark path too, can't it? And I think he's wrestling with that. Yeah. I think, uh, it's a line, a line that Obi-Wan says in one of the movies, only Sith deal in absolutes, right? Yeah. Well, that's an absolute in and of, its, <laughs> in and of itself, right? So, so, yeah, there's this yeah. tension and, and, you know, it's, it's fun and interesting to think about it in a, in a fantasy sense. But these have, these questions have real implications for real world things like, you know, religion or, or politics or, or other things. Um, you know, and how people, we talked about spirituality last week, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and I know from, from experience with religious organizations, right? Um, that people who uh, practice religion or spirituality on their own are generally, um, advised not to do so, right? And the reason for it is because, um, 
you know, if, if you're by yourself, you, you have no, um, the, there's almost no rules, right? You have no sounding board against which to test your ideas, right? Like, like you were just saying, if I am suddenly, um, only following my own guidance that can lead me into developing thoughts or, or ideals that may not align with, um, you know, things that are beneficial to society. But sometimes the organizations themselves aren't setting rules or ideals or beliefs that are, are have and the greatest good be in mind. Question whether right. whether it's a nation, a, a community group. What, that where are we going? What are we doing? Why are we doing this? Where is this coming from? Is this really what we're about? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. What you're just talking about with the Jedi's, this is, it's also about what we're all talking about. Yeah. And I think the Star Wars in general does a good job of sort of demonstrating that, you know, the, uh, this sort of tension between, okay, well, do you follow the ideals of the organization? Well, what if the organization's wrong? Well, do you, you know, in the, like we're just talking about with, with the New Republic, it essentially becomes the Empire because they weren't being reflective or they weren't paying attention to what was happening with inside their organization. But then Anakin Skywalker is the other end, right? Well, do you then do you listen to yourself? Do you listen to your own ideals and do what you think is right in your own eyes? Mm-hmm. Well, no, because that can lead you on on a terrible path. And that's why Obi Wan is at the center of that struggle because he sees he's on his own at one point. He's within the organization at one point, and he's always wrestling with this idea of well, what is actually? And he's very hesitant to this call to get out to go away from the desert and his solitude. Uh, uh, because I think he's probably thinking about those, as you're saying, those things. It doesn't work out so well when you're on your own, but it sure doesn't work so well when you're necessarily staying with the mission either. And do you do what you think is right when you've been trained to do what other people tell you? Hmm. So I think the last question we'll ask um, is – do you think it's always beneficial to have this expanded content, right? We're, we're, we're getting this, you know, we talked about the sort of Homeric um, storytelling. Um, but like we've seen, we've seen a lots and lots in whether it's Marvel or Star Wars or whatever, pick your franchise, right? Everybody is getting into these stories. And um, I, you know, I, I think of different parts of the Star Wars story, right? Um, like the book of Boba Fett or um, some of the content with that happens with Darth Maul after he gets killed by Obi-Wan. Right. And I think, man, it, the character sort of loses something. Right. I remember watching the Phantom Menace and after Darth Maul died thing, what a waste of a character. He was really cool, really awesome. <laughs> like they should have kept him around. Like he, he could have been a big character, but then um, essentially they did do that um, in non in a non what is now a non-canonical sense and he comes back from the dead and he does all this stuff and so then and then you're like <laughs> well this didn't seem you know this seems kind of unnecessary what what causes this expand content to sometimes hurt or water down a, a character's essence well that's a that's that's a different question than the you've asked two questions is it beneficial and of course I'm thinking beneficial to what to the storytelling or it's yeah but the second one about watering down the essence I this is harder than it than it seems um, 
because there are endless resurrections hmm. in comic books. You know, if Superman died, they brought him back in a very convoluted way, but he, you know, well, sells comic books. I think somewhere in there, somebody wanted to see what that story would do. How would it play out? And then we've rescued all of that with the multiverse ideas and, and so much pop culture, based, you know, going to metaphysics and physics. And, okay, so maybe it happens this way here. Maybe it happens that way there. So I, I don't think it waters it down if you if of any story examines the consequences of an act and follows the the change that a character would necessarily undergo because of those consequences, it doesn't water it down. Now, I've been told about Darth Maul. I haven't encountered any of that. Darth Maul comes back and he's just meaner and, and fiercer than ever. That's not terribly interesting to me. But, you know, then you're just bringing somebody back because you want to have him get ripped apart again or something. I, I don't know. I, I find that that's why I'm not interested in all the Halloween movie things where okay we've always got this character of course he's going to come back of course ho-hum <laughs> so there's really got to be reasons for it that go well beyond the financial mm. for me yeah yeah i think i'd agree with that i think that it it can become pretty obvious when a company is um sort of creating stories for the bottom line because really what is so complex about some of these characters is that it's not the vision of one person, right? And I guess that it's not, that's not necessarily true of our lives either, right? I, no, who not. I am is not a consequence of just me guiding no. my own ship, as I talked about earlier, right? No. I've been several different types of people throughout my life because of circumstances or other people that I've encountered, right? Right. So that's also true of fictional characters, right? These, these, there's been many different people that have written their story and there's been many different people that have looked at them. And I guess that what causes a viewer or reader or whatever medium you're in to um, buy into the the realistic nature of this character that exists in a fictional universe set in the future, right? It's it's already you know um, outside or of our, way in the past, right? Yeah, it's already out, way outside of our <laughs> of our personal experience. But in order for us to to accept this character, um the thread that these different authors are putting together has to resonate with us as real people who have lived in the real world. And I think that, so I think that a lot of that comes back to the care of the people who are writing it. Right? Uh, yes. And, and, and to extend that again to the, 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 the lived world, uh, we are collaborations. <laughs> Of parent or parents or grandparents or whoever has raised us, of of, of very close relationships, um, marital or otherwise, with workplace and all the people we encounter, we we are collaborations. The people who want who you know so so people who bully somebody over and over and over again have some accountability ultimately for something that might take place because of that. Not ultimate accountability, but their hands are dirty. And, uh, and anybody who trashes somebody and then that person gets hurt have led 
to that. And I think these stories, if if paid attention to, like Obi-Wan, teach us, or if teaching is too didactic, remind us of the the utter power of the momentary association or the stumbled into this or or said that off the cuff and what that can lead to yeah yeah and like we like we talked about you see that with obi-wan and, and anakin's interactions right in the lightsaber battle on mustafar when he knows anakin's gonna do essentially the same move that he did to defeat Marth, darth maul but he's seen it before or you know in when obi-wan's death scene right well Vader says, last time we met, you were the master and I was the apprentice, but now the roles are reversed, right? Well, you know, I think that... You know, <laughs> that was an arrogant statement in itself because, nah, he's still the master. <laughs> right, right. He, he knows, he knows, you know, he sees, he already has something up his sleeve that he's in. It's just, it. it's fascinating. And I think that, that that's what ultimately um, makes or breaks these characters is the people who are writing the stories, right? Um, but also, like you were saying, our own personal experiences and and how we view them. Like you said, when you watch the prequel trilogies the first time, you had a different experience of them than you do now. Yes. Um, same thing with me watching, you know, anything else, right? I have some of these these negative, these immediate negative thoughts or experiences, right? But then when I really sit down and start to digest some of them, I think, well, you know what? Actually, this does make sense, or I can see the reason behind it. It doesn't mean that all media is good media, right? Some There's no, some no, some no, badly no, written no, things. No, there's no, some no. things that are, that are terrible. But like we said, there's a lot of things where um, what you get out of it is what you put into it, right? If you're just expecting entertainment, um, and I think- Okay, be entertained. I, there's right. nothing that's not a, a horrible thing to be entertained. But like, like you're saying, this first episode of Obi Wan, right? There's there's no action, right? There's nothing. Nothing happens in that regard. Um, so maybe being entertained, what that means, <laughs> right? Or you know what what you're looking to get out of something, um, is going to determine whether or not it's it's successful. But yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun talking about Obi-Wan. I definitely want to talk about some more fictional characters in the future. And um, looking at the monomyth for sure, that's that's something we should Absolutely. have a whole episode on. So until next time, keep on.